All right, everybody. It's been a real long time since we've been here. Uh, obviously, shit has changed a lot since the last time you probably heard from us. Uh, this is Wingin' Motown Radio, the uh, going, the social distance edition, given the current events. Uh, we've got Sarah, we've got Peter, we've got JJ, and you've got Kyle here. Uh, how is everybody doing? Hopefully in good health. Oh, it's the greatest night ever. <laughs> so far, so good. For a second, I, there, the, the pause there made me a little nervous. <laughs> Holy shit, are we about to find something out? Okay. Um, anyways, so <clears throat> we'll just go ahead and start off real quick with uh, current events. Um, most of you know what's going on in the world right now. Uh, much of the world is in lockdown because of COVID-19, and uh, it's taken out all of the, the major sports leagues and all sports uh, as we know it right now. Um, and it's been hard on a lot of us uh, because... Sports for many is just a kind of a, a way to get away from regular life. Uh, it's a way to kind of you know, unhinge from whether it's work or real life stuff that you have to deal with. It's just something that we, um, a lot of us use as a, as a crutch at times to get us through uh, this thing we call life. Um, and unfortunately, this, uh, this contagion has, uh, has put a stop to that. And uh, I think it's created a lot of anxiety among fans uh, and, 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 and all that and what's going to happen with this season or what's going to happen next season or what's going to happen with players is this going to change anything um, but you know I want to just remind everybody that while this is so important to us uh, it is so much more important that everybody stay healthy and stay safe stay home if you can uh, if you're not an essential worker just go out there take care of yourself let's keep each other healthy so uh, we can get our sports back and we can get the Red Wings back and we can get uh, maybe the Lions back. We don't really care. About them, <laughs> we could go without that. But uh, anyways, with that being said, I hope everybody's healthy and I hope everybody's staying healthy. Um, so we'll go ahead and lead off with, of course, uh, the NHL trying, 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 trying to get this season back on the rails somehow uh, by way of doing a little, some, what is being reported as some kind of weird, wacky ways of ending, of uh, pretending that the season ended at 68 games, or playing games in North Dakota, oh, uh, at the end of the summer, um, I don't know, you know, they're all over the place, it seems, and there seems to be so many rumors out there, um, but, you know, I think it's clear that the NHL wants to try and salvage the season somehow, and, uh, you know, why wouldn't they? Because the owners are losing money right now, and that's not good for business. So, um, JJ, I know, like, you know, uh, you've had some thoughts about this, and I want you to lead this off because I think you're very well spoken with this kind of topic. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about the NHL trying to just overall salvage this season in any way possible? Um, you know, because there is so much uncertainty out there with what how long this will last or this and that. So I'll let you lead that off. Well, first of all, thank you for calling me well-spoken. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I think we've actually crossed the threshold where the NHL uh, realistically does not expect to salvage the rest of the regular season, uh, even though they'd like to. But I, I don't think that they're uh, – I think all those uh, earlier plans where they'd like you know, go back to training camp and finish out the last, I don't know, like 14 games or so. 
uh, and then start the playoffs and then kick off. I, I think they're they're currently trying to figure out a way to save just the playoffs at this point. Sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, Frank Saravalli who had posted it, uh, or who, who talked about the concept of just cutting everything off at 68 games and going, that would not change which 16 teams make the playoffs. Uh, it just changes the seedings around. And I don't think that's what's important to them. I think the reason that they, they would want to do that as opposed to going by uh, the more reasonable uh, percentage of points earned is that there's a lot of things that like have to be kind of argued with and discussed and, and figured out in terms of the CBA and the way things are counted. Uh, that's just easier to say, listen, if you, because 68 is the minimum number of games that any, that every team has played. Um, so you, you just cut that off and say, okay, those last few games you play, they, they, they didn't count. But as far as the record books, as far as where everybody stands for potentially earning, um, contract bonuses, or any of that things. It's just easier to say, listen, we're going to prorate everything to about 83% of a full season. And that's just going to make the math way easier rather than saying, Oh, well, this team played 70 games. This team played, you know, 72 games and this team only played 68. And so Mm -hmm. this player is, is under this rule and that, and, um, over the, the course of, of the, the years intervening, that'll all get forgotten. It was just like, oh, that was a 68 game season because of the, the coronavirus. And that's, that's that. So, um, I, I think that's honestly, it makes sense. Like I, I don't like the not doing it by points percentage. In fact, I think fine, cut it off at 68 and still seed it based on points percentage earned anyway, just cause that's what makes more sense to me. But, um, I don't know. The paying, taking care of your employees makes sense to me. And Jeremy Jacobs doesn't seem to, that either. <laughs> well, a lot of them uh, apparently don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what the hell do I know? Yeah, right. We're just some. We're just a bunch of uh, shit heels. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting to me because, and I'm, I'm going to get to you, I'll the other guys real quick. But it just I, it, the biggest thing if they want to do it, okay, playoffs is fine. Seed it however the hell you want. I'm just so interested in the logistics of things here because this is a fluid situation. Um, so Sarah, let's, obviously the Red Wings aren't going to be in the playoffs, so we don't have to worry about this. What? This is news <laughs> to me. This is the sorry, first man. I'm hearing of that. All right. Sorry. Hate to be the bear bed. Um, so let's say that they were to do this. They were going to say, all right, we're going to get the playoffs and we're going to do it later this summer. How do you think they make that work? Do you have any thoughts or ideas on how the hell they might make that happen i can think of a lot of ways it could happen and be really really weird like a no fans or just the moms like just their moms can come (laughs) or you can have like one fan per you know 1000 square feet or whatever that grocery store rule is (laughs) (laughs) no and like the density of fans you know or having it in some remote state so that way they don't have to travel, but then they might all infect each other. And then you have to think, you know, how fast and how well do they sanitize the equipment, like the the pads, the helmets, the gloves, like there's all this intense kind of cleaning protocol they'd have to do and, you know, pay employees to do it would be great. You know, I, 
I can't think of a response, like a, not, I don't know if responsible is the right word, but like a responsible way to actually have the playoffs and have it be safe and not just a feel like, oh, we have to do it. We have to, we can't lose this money. We can't lose this season. You know, there's just, I don't trust the owners to do it the right way and not cut corners or just kind of say things, but not really do them. So, I mean, I'm a, I I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I'm on, it's over. It's done. (laughs) Because you also have to consider, you know, the players, they can't work out the way that they usually do. How long do you give a player to get back in shape for something as intense as the playoffs? Two weeks, three weeks, that's not enough. You know, and you risk, you know, I don't know, someone breaking their leg because whatever, but, and being out for next season. So yeah. there's, you know, there's kind of the short game of, well, we want it now, but also the long game of just considering people's health, both virus and not virus related. And, you know, like I said, my opinion is put put an asterisk next to the season. Sorry, Flyers fans who thought this was your year. It's not. Uh, and just Oilers fans, it's so sweet. I love it. <laughs> just Sorry. make everyone mad, but keep them healthy and just say we're going to start over next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I think um, I, I'm on that boat too. I think this is too much of a fluid situation where you can meaningfully and think about all entire like all of these variables that are going to come in come into this decision i mean timing and then you got the timing of next season and then you're going to kind of create this chain reaction of these ridiculous uh, uh decisions that you have to make and logistical positions that you make and then you have to have both the players and uh, the owners agree on it you know we got to remember that too and that kind of just brings me to the next side of this which peter i was hoping you could talk about yeah. this is like, you know, you could start the playoffs in June or July. Let's say that we're able; they're able to make that happen um, safely. And so, let's say, so when do the playoffs start? So let's say they start in June. When do they end? And now you're starting to creep into training camp time. Yeah. So, is it like are they going to end up doing something where it's like we'll have playoffs? We'll take a brief break. We'll go to training camp and we'll start shit back up on time. This is such a complex yeah. issue. And I just, you know, how do you think that they could get both sides to maybe meet in the middle where it makes sense? Is there a way? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that is um, the last episode we did it for sure. We talked about this. And for me, that was the biggest thing. And, you know, I started off by saying I don't I, I'm of the same mindset of Sarah and I guess I guess you, Kyle, as well, that. I would be very, very surprised if they play more hockey in this season, including the playoffs. I think I think it's done. Um, and, uh, you know, Sarah addressed a lot of it. And this this aspect, too, is that, you know, she was addressing the aspect of, you know, let's say we come back, we have this mini training camp or whatever. But, you know, let's take it the other way. We start in June or July, you know, like you said, August, maybe September. Normally, we start having hockey in October, uh, you know, training camps in September, and then you have hockey in October. Yeah. Like, so the problem is going to be the player's health, you know, right. and I think I, 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 to me, there's like these two competing things. Like the only reason that I can see them finding some way to make this work is because of money. Um, 
you know, I was talking to somebody who I think should know and is in a good position to know. And he was saying that, you know, the estimate is that like the NHL would lose about $1 billion Mm -hmm. if hockey is over for the rest of the year. Um, Also players are going to lose money and we all know how often players come back, like not even just in playoffs, but you know, players come back when they shouldn't, you know, because of injuries and things like that, you know, so the players are not always the best at evaluating their long-term, you know, career, you know, a lot of times they're coming back for one game and sometimes it's like a meaningless game, you know, so I'm not really confident that the players would be in a good position to really evaluate that because, you know, it, it, uh, it would be kind of like the same, or not, not even the same, but a little similar to like when we had uh, was it the World Cup when we had like the tournament in the summer, you know, and so all those players had like a shorter offseason mm-hmm. yeah. going into the thing, you know, and the one thing I think we were talking to like the Wing Wheel podcast guys, and I forget if it was Brian or Rad or uh, <laughs> Brian, Brad or Ryan. One of them came up with what I thought might be a solution, which is to have next season be shortened as well. You know what I'm saying? So sure. Like, this yeah. season goes longer. Then you have some time off. Then you have next season is 60 whatever games. So you're, but then you're going to have the same issue. Then the league's going to be losing money by not playing those games. The players are going to be losing money. So I, I mean, I, I want hockey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's funny. Like the first time I really cared a lot about hockey since this all started was when I saw that tweet about like the playoff matchups. And then like that part of my brain, that's like, Ooh, playoff hockey. Yeah. You know, like I love that. I, I love it. I need it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really don't think that it's going to come back. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, part I'll... of me. Yeah. Part of me doesn't want to, because I want the players to be safe. Sure. Um, but the fan part of me wants more hockey. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, the angel and the demon. Hard to argue with that. Well, I'll jump yeah. back in real quick, and I, I think yeah. you you kind of answered yours and, and Sarah's own concern there. And I I think the the concept of the the player safety and and the health and like how good is it going to be are those are all very good points, and they are my con, my concerns as well. Um, but you, you mentioned a, a billion dollars in lost <laughs> revenue. Yeah, <clears throat> the owners are not going to want that, and honestly, hell no. Um, we would very much like the players to be uh, a little bit more concerned about perhaps their own health and safety. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, this is the league that couldn't contain a mumps outbreak. Uh, money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Money talks. Like, yeah. I this is the league where players are, like, I, we still have, I actually don't even know if we still they let their, like, so they let right the, now. The, the bell yeah. cow of the NHL get in front of the media with this giant of Sidney Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> this giant lump on his face. And the NHL just didn't yeah. even bat a fucking eye. I, I think we're still paying a buyout of a guy who yeah. was so afraid to admit that he was too hurt to play that he ended up ending his own career because he played too hurt. Yeah. So that is still in every locker room. And if the owners are saying – Oh, what are you some guy, What are you chicken? What are you too yeah. scared to play? They're Girl the players centers. are gonna show up. Yeah, um, gonna, uh, I, it it is the money consideration. Now, the the thing that may actually be the the saving grace for the fans mm-hmm. who are are concerned about these things is all of the leagues, all of the professional sports leagues right now are kind of playing a game of chicken to figure out what's gonna what's gonna happen. And NBA if baseball really gets rolling. Or if the NBA gets rolling, or if the NFL gets rolling, and the NHL is going to have a hard look at, are we going to be able to compete with this? People, especially if people are back out, uh, being able to do summer vacation too. That's why 
uh, baseball is the only sport that goes on during June and July, really. It, mm-hmm. Other than the, the, the playoffs, or you know, July and August, I suppose, is because that's when everybody's traveling with their family and they're like, oh, we don't care for sports. So the leagues are trying. I guarantee you, they're all looking for a way to be the the ones that are actually playing games while families can't travel uh, because they're going to make a lot of money doing that. Yeah. Um, so that that's a possibility. But yeah, if the N- if the NHL kind of doesn't win the race, they may just bump it. Uh, the other consideration of of like you know your the wind wheel guys the shorten next season too. They may not lose as much money doing that if they're spreading it out where basically hockey just doesn't ever really have a break. So uh, money is ultimately going to be what decides it. And the only thing that's going to save us in in terms of uh, worrying about the quality of the play or the quality of the players' lives is how much the NHL is going to actually be able to squeeze out of playing games. Because if they can, they they fucking will. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it's the age old saying money talks uh, and, you know, that's what that that's what it's all about. And I agree with you. I think that all of the major four four sports in America right now. um, Yeah, it's it's a game of chicken. I mean, the NBA was the first one to put the hammer down saying we're postponing the season. Um, It's basically a race. Who's going to say we're going to cancel the season? now or you know who's gonna who's gonna hit the button first um, it's five kyle and don't you dare spit on pickleball sorry jj <laughs> i know how much you love that sport. anyways uh, we're gonna take a quick break here coming up though we're gonna talk a little bit about the nhl draft and the red wings obviously something that everybody has a lot of questions about uh, so we'll be right back we'll talk about that wim radio ad timeout All right, let's play. All right, welcome back, everybody. Wayne Motown Radio, the uh, special edition for you, the Going the Social Distance edition, uh, coined by JJ from Kansas. <laughs> Good job, JJ. Um, obviously, big <laughs> big topic we're talking about here is that there are no sports, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And the Red Wings were the worst team in the league, and they have the best chance at, well, I'm sorry, that's not yeah. true. They have, they have, they finished the worst team, so they have technically, I can't even say that now. No, so yeah. basically, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to scrap this. We're coming back because I'm That's okay. Up here. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're uh, clearly talking about uh, what's going on in the world today and how it is affecting sports. And um, uh, one big topic that obviously a lot of Red Wings fans uh, have questions about is, the NHL draft because the Red Wings finished last. They have a good chance at getting uh, the first overall pick, uh, getting that, that top player that they, they really need. Um, and now it's like, well, what happens if the league does, uh, you know, push pl- the playoffs later? I mean, obviously, I'd, I think you could still do the, dr- the draft lottery before if you were doing, like, you can do the draft lottery whenever. Uh, yeah. You know, because obviously they're going to have to do some sort of like digital thing because I know the NFL is going through with their draft, but they're going to do it all digital. They have IT employees apparently going and setting people (laughs) up in their own homes, which I think is just so weird. Um, (laughs) Anyways, like, you know, the NHL will probably do this just as some sort of like uh, 
you know, digital broadcaster. They're not letting anybody on set except for probably the the bingo balls. They'll leave the GMs out of it or whatever. Um, So, you know, this could affect the Red Wings in some way, maybe. Um, you You know, like, because when you look forward to after the draft, and you, now you're talking about the draft. This changes the logistics of everything. So it's kind of a, a, another really complex issue. Um, so, Peter, it, it like hmm. I think it was supposed to be in Montreal this year, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. Montreal. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at the NFL's plan to do their draft, which obviously the NFL is like. It's night and day how different of you know the different amounts of dollars that these these leagues make, but obviously they have more resources to make this happen. But do you think the NHL is capable of pulling off some sort of you know way of doing the draft without actually having to like have an event? Because that usually is looked at as a big event yeah. for the NHL. It means sure. a lot of money. Um, I don't think they care as much about the TV version of it as much as they do. Uh, the actual event and the pageantry of it, of being there as a fan, um, as a person who has been to multiple drafts, I mean, it, yeah. it is pretty exciting, and you, a lot of fans do actually travel for this. So, hmm. I mean, they're going to miss out of, on a lot of money for that. And, yeah. I mean, how do how do they make up for this? Like how like, yeah. I mean, because they're not going to have issues in Canada, but here in America, hmm. I mean, they're they're going to struggle to keep attention. Yeah. Do you think that they find a way to 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 make it uh, you know I don't know I guess more exciting for the fans or you know what did what do you think they could do to make this happen in a way that would be compelling uh, outside of the excitement yeah. of just you know seeing who gets drafted where yeah I mean um, before before I answer that I just wanted to come back real quick because I forgot to say in the last segment that. Um, the, the, the only reason that I legitimately hope that the season gets canceled is just to read the Steve Simmons articles uh, about how the Oilers would have won. (laughs) Just like, like, like the, the, like, like the immense like pain he would be writing under would be like fulfilling anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, you know, to take the lottery first, it seems like there's a, a pretty easy way to do that. You have, um, you know, the people that normally do it, you have video cameras there. It's live streamed to all the people that would normally be witnessing it. Right. So in, instead of Chris Draper being in the room with all the other people, he's watching on his computer to make sure that there's there's no shenanigans or whatever. Um, so I imagine for the lottery, they're just going to keep it the same in terms of, um, you know, the order, uh, you know, they'll go by either, you know, if they end up going with the 68 game thing or whatever, they'll do that for the rest of the teams. And that's how they'll determine the order. They'll do the same odds as before. Um, I, I'm guessing that's how it's going to end up, uh, mm. regardless of if we have the playoffs. Um, but then for the draft, it's an interesting question because I believe that the answer is yes, they can. But I also believe that the answer is no, they won't. Right. Because it's the NHL. And if you've ever watched an NHL product, for example, the NHL awards, it's never good. Like there's <laughs> yeah. always like, like, oh, this could have been good. It's kind of like every time, cause like, I'm not really into Jersey. So every time there's a new Jersey, you know, Jay always talks about it. And sometimes I have this idea where it's like, 
the idea is good. The execution sucked. Like if I had given it to you, Jay, you could have made a good thing out of this. And I think, so I think the answer is yes, it's possible. Um, you know, I can, I can see a world in which it works. Um, the problem is they'd have to do a lot of planning. Uh, they'd have to hire very good people who would be able to do it. And I just don't think, I, I just don't have the confidence that they're going to do. Um, Right. I think it's going to if they do it, I think it's there's going to be a lot of cringing when we're watching it. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's that's a good that's a good point. I mean, the NHL is so bad at presenting its product on TV um, and it just like I don't know, it's kind of. It's always been kind of tone deaf. Um, but when you deal on a regional level, like I think Fox Sports Detroit, and they typically do a pretty good job with, with with delivering the product. But when it comes to like national and like like the draft, watching the draft, especially when you get into the later, you know, the later rounds where it's like you know everything is rapid fire, um, and you're just hearing from people you do not give a shit about, um, <laughs> you know. That's the thing is like, yeah. Maybe the NHL could get away with that, but I don't know. I think they have to. They're gonna have to do something different if it's gonna be, you know, you're not. There's no stage. There's no Gary Bettman coming out and flexing <laughs> and letting the fans boo at him and boo. How are we gonna boo him? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, he he won't. You know, there won't be that, which is like his yeah. trademark. Uh, yeah. They're booing English and French. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. 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 Make the first pick. Yeah, no. It's just, <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I So, like, they would have to do something to make this more interesting to the fan. I, I, I mean, not that I don't think people will watch. Of course people will watch. I'm just saying, like, if you don't have the stage, you don't have the venue, you don't have the crowd, you don't have all of the GMs there, you know, this is completely different. This is a completely different product, and it's kind of, you know, when I think about it, it seems really boring. And I mean, obviously, we are going to watch because this is what we do. You know, it kind of, you know, in our free time. Uh, but yeah. for the casual fan, who the hell wants to watch? I mean, you know, JJ, put yourself in the in the casual fan's uh, kind of stance there. I mean, are you going to sit there and watch a bunch of old white men? sit on Zoom or Skype and just say, we're going to pick this guy from Sweden that you've never heard of, and we're going to pick from, you know, I mean, it just seems so hard to grasp, even as a diehard fan, <laughs> uh, interest in sitting down and carving out time in my day, yes, even though if you are just stuck at home. It just seems like a hard sell, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, casual fan perspective, the only way I could see actually being interested in doing that, because I'll tell you, I've watched award shows that, uh, like, I don't care about at all, just because that's what all Twitter all Twitter is doing, and so I can just make jokes about what I'm watching. That's the only reason I would actually bother tuning in to watch a Zoom conference of the draft, is to make jokes about Brian Burke's home setup and, like, the, sh- the shit's going on in the back, like ho- hoping that somebody walks around in the background in their underwear. <laughs> right. That's like, yeah, exactly. That would be, and you know what? Maybe the NHL smart enough to whip something up like that, where maybe uh, Quentin Byfield's uh, 
I don't know, baby cousin comes walking on and shits on the floor or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something that everybody, something that everybody could like, you know, like a viral moment that everybody would love. Um, so, so Sarah, I mean, obviously the the NHL draft is probably a no. It's not as tough a sell as the MLB draft. Nobody knows what the hell goes on with that. But I mean, when you when you put things in contrast, the NFL and the NHL. I mean, do you? Th- I mean. We'll stay on the same question here. How do you think the like? Do you think even you as a fan, uh, outside of the actual interest of the Red Wings, maybe being able to pick first overall, uh, do you find interest in that? I mean, like, how would you, outside of Quentin Byfield, baby cousin shit, <laughs> yeah. you know? Okay, here's how I would do the <laughs> NHL draft. So. They do the draft in secret, like just the GMs. They don't even tell the players. And then they mail the jersey of the team that drafted them to their house. And their mom, their parents filmed them opening the box and pulling out the jersey oh, of God, the team. Yes. That God, I love this. <laughs> but what I think could also happen is, since the NHL, like, they're dumb. They would take everyone, they would take, like, 50 players that they think might be the first rounders and, like, you know, spread them out very much in, like, a, a you know, a big ballroom in a hotel or something, whatever, wherever the draft is in Montreal. And then Steve Eiserman is going to look out, and he's going to make sure to pick someone who's not in the room, have, like, a Maurice Sider moment, except he's not there. Oh, yeah. well, so they're like, come on up to the stage. Oh, shit. And the player's not there. So I could like that's the kind of error I could see the NHL having, but yeah. like my logistical brain is saying, <laughs> you know, even if they're like, okay, the draft is now in August, mm-hmm. some countries may have travel bans and be like, no, I mean Canada yeah. could be like, yeah. we don't want you stupid Americans in that's here, a great like point. you, we don't yeah. trust you. We'll let the Swedes come in, yeah, but you. <laughs> You Americans, that you just is... stay the fuck down there because we don't trust you to not be walking plague bags. So I that's that's my yeah. That, so you just blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> put a ter- that's like a put whole a entire another can of worms, and that's, that's amazing, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I still think that your idea of mailing jerseys out is. It's Probably like pub- the- or like publishers clearinghouse where they like have balloons <laughs> with the jersey and they like ambush but like in hazmat but like in hazmat yeah. suits. I think so they're, the like, they're like they're like knocking on like Alexi Lafreniere's door and he opens oh, it and God. he's like rubber ducky pajamas or whatever and yeah. he gets surprised with you know a senator's jersey. It's hey, fucking like, Ottawa! <laughs> Shut up, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, get, but we get their real reaction and not their like I'm at the draft I'm prepared like you don't even tell them what day they're showing up. You give you them, just, you, you give you them just a have that live, the live reaction yeah. of not yeah. being like, oh, the senators, hooray. And yeah. like, oh, f- I mean, yeah, great. Love it. <laughs> you, like, you don't get another Connor McDavid uh, when the Oilers won the lottery right, yeah. reaction. <laughs> the only problem with that is, you know, it's, you know, that if they know that that's the idea, uh, especially Canadian fans are going to find out where the players live yeah. and they are oh, just yeah. going to mail them a million. Like they're every player is going to get a Maple Leafs Jersey. <laughs> right. Which, Hey, that might actually add to the entertainment of it. Who knows? And then the league decides like, we're not going to give the Maple Leafs the first round pick because of that. 
I'm on board with that. Yeah, they should just put me in charge of it. I've got I've got ideas. I can fix yeah. it. I can make. That's this, what I said. I make this work. That's what I said. The NHL needs to hire good people, and Sarah would be like right up at the top <laughs> so of my list. Say, yeah. NHL, if you're listening, yes, Sarah Helmeroy yes. on Twitter. <laughs> DM me. Hire... My DMs are open, but yeah. not for weirdos. Just just for <laughs> yeah. DMs. <laughs> in Sarah, I trust. Right, exactly. We can always count on Sarah to bring laughs and smiles to her because she is so friggin' good at it. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I mean, there's a lot to deal with here with the NHL draft because I think it's such uh, an unappealing thing, even at its raw sense here now, like if we were even just everything were normal. Um, and as Sarah brought up the travel ban, I mean, this can, that would completely make things even more complicated. Uh, so, so yeah, it, I don't think that will, I don't think an in-person draft will happen. Man. I think it yeah. will be, it has to be something completely uh, off-site, you know? I, so Kyle, in terms of the lottery itself, do you think that they're going to, especially if the playoffs do not get played, do you think they're just <laughs> going to give every single team a shot at the, at 31, like they'll, or a shot at number one? Or do you think they'll do like a they'll do the regular lottery for the teams that weren't, weren't have made it, and the top sixteen teams are kind of going to be in the the secondary lottery to pick the the, the last of the of the rounds? How do you think they work that? That's such a that's a that's a good question because you know if you don't have playoffs, obviously that affects who makes the later picks, and if you it, or if you do have playoffs, it, that affects who has the later picks. If you don't. Um, then it's like, do you just bone the best teams who didn't get a chance to win a, to win a cup? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you just go by how the standings are now. Um, I say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say, just go with what you got. If you don't have a season, then, you know, don't bend the rules for the good teams. You know what I mean? That's not what this is about. I think um, the lottery is for the lottery teams. If you were not in the lottery you know, running, well, then fuck off. That's how this works. <laughs> Pardon my crude language yeah. there, but, like, this is how, that's how it works, you know. Um, even though I know that they're trying to change seating for the playoffs and all that stuff, but I think this is a different kind of situation um, because I know that if uh, that happened, like, let's say if they were to go into, to like, some, like, fully centralized draft lottery where everybody got lower, lower odds or whatever, um, I mean, there's no way in hell the GMs would be cool with that, or the owners, for that matter. I mean, that's that would be a whole battlefield on itself, I think. So I would just say keep it, keep it how it is. Um, yeah, it sucks, but for for the teams who don't have the luxury of a, a lottery pick because they were good enough, um, but it also sucks that. Ottawa has like like five first round picks, so like, you know, life sucks. That's just how it is. So that's my take on it. So yeah, whatever. But um, we'll take one more quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll talk. We'll talk about some reader questions, and uh, we'll put a bow on this show. All right. Wim Radio, ad timeout. All right, let's play. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, so. As we usually do with uh, Winging Motown Radio, we always like to take your questions, whether there are a lot of them or not, maybe not so many of them. Um, JJ usually takes the honors and 
we're not changing that up. So, JJ, <laughs> go ahead and roll through with us. All right, thank you. And uh, this time, yeah, we did not get too many. And uh, the first two we kind of covered, but I want to make absolutely sure that, that we're being thorough for our, our adoring readers. Uh, so the first one, Adeline976 says, so what's the consensus on where we end up in the draft? And how do you think rankings will be decided with no playoffs to create the metric? Uh, so consensus, uh, Sarah, what do, you, what do you think we're picking when we do pick? I'm going to say third because no one is prepared for that. Everyone is prepared <laughs> for one or four. Right. And I think two or three, it would just blow people's minds. And they're like, well, wait, we weren't, we really were thinking four. That's like the yeah. pessimist. I feel like 80% of the fan base is sitting at four and then the optimists are at one, but no one's really prepared to sit in between those two. So let's say three. That's actually pretty good. Cause like, isn't it like an 80% chance we pick fourth anyway? It's I'm, that, yeah. I'm sure I don't know. <laughs> I'm not here for math. All right. Yeah. We well, can... it's, um, I, I, I guess I have to say on brand, it's a, uh, it's a 50.6% chance. And I only know that because I looked it up. I have it on my screen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have your numbers, whatever. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like, I mean, you know, in terms of where we are likely to pick, yeah, we're, we're most likely to pick fourth, but you know what? I am going to say we pick first because you know what? I need something good to happen and I am going to will this into existence. I don't know if that's the secret or whatever bullshit. I don't care. <laughs> I am going to, uh, you know, do I guess what my what my students do. I'm going to put uh, ice cubes under my bed when I go to bed, and like they they think it's going to bring them a snow day. I don't. Oh, that sounds weird. We didn't do that when I was a kid, but apparently they do that now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say first. I don't. I trust me. It makes no sense to me either. They they do some crazy stuff. They put something under their bed, or they tuck something under their pillow or whatever and i just let them believe that it matters um <laughs> so yeah i am gonna go i'm gonna go first i'm going to just be eternal optimist um and screw the math we are picking first kyle what are we picking uh, i think we're gonna pick number two uh <laughs> and it is going to be such a polarizing pick mm. because oh, yeah. Steve Eiserman is a tricky little dirty <laughs> goblin that we all love and we want to hug, but he will do something kind of a la Moritz Sider at number six. So I think they'll get number two, and maybe Eiserman goes off the board a little bit. People are a little freaked out, but Eiserman comes out on top and is a genius. All right, and since we were asked for consensus, uh, I'm going. I, it is in my nature to do this. I'm just going to say we're going to go fourth. That's so funny. The viewer, the reader asks, and we're all like, "Well, here's my opinion." Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And that is the, the true whim consensus. Is we do not have one. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, and in terms of how the the rankings will be decided uh, with no playoffs to create the metric, I I think that the the general answer there is no clue. Um, I do think that Detroit's overall chances of, of picking first overall are going to be damaged um, mathematically by whatever they decide to do. Uh, but there's so many possibilities out there that I I, I kind of don't care until I name one. Right. Yeah, I'm fine with that, too. 
All right, so that kind of also answers Big Tech's D304. says any chance they might skip the lottery this year and go by record. Uh, does this chance increase if they expand the playoffs and cancel the regular season? Um, yeah, I, I do think there might be a chance that uh, that the best, that even the Bruins, who are currently sitting atop the league standings, do have some snowballs uh, under a mattress chance in hell at picking first. God, that's How horrible me, would that be? Like, I don't even want to think about it. I'm not. I'm not going to think about it. Let, let's. Let, no. 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 La, 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 that's la, kind la, of la. why I like the like just just rank like everybody who is uh, 16th or, or better. Uh, you just get to pick based on your standings position. So that's what this guarantees. Boston not only lost the Cup final last year, uh, but also has to pick 31st this year, <laughs> uh, just because fuck Boston. I have to. So I have to. I have to ask real quick, quick because I've been kind of out of touch with a lot of the latest headlines but is there any rumor out there about the nhl actually adopting something like that where it's like a giant lottery of 31 teams or whatever i haven't really seen any of the talking heads like really delve into it okay then they're 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 toying with the concept of what they're going to do with the draft and that's right I haven't seen any of the kicked around or pie in the sky ideas, so I don't know. I, yeah, I say all GMs fist fight each other, and whoever wins gets number one. I'm no, that's fine. No, it's okay. Next question. All right. So now we get to move off of the draft lottery, and Brad Hughes comes through with um, a really good, thoughtful question. Is the AHL becoming less and less useful to the NHL as the NHL starts to rely more on speed and skill? Uh, THN recently had an article on top 10 falling prospects. Most seem to be speedy Europeans who disappeared in the AHL and went back to Europe. The new NHL game is speed and skill, and NHL teams are drafting that way. Why then do they insist on keeping the AHL as something from the movie Goon? (laughs) Peter, what do you think? Uh, Well, I'm glad you went to me first, because I unfortunately don't get to watch too much AHL. Um... But I mean, obviously, like the league does seem to be changing. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's pretty much a given uh, that the NHL is starting to rely more on speed and skill. I mean, I think that's been going on for a while. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, change is hard. <laughs> People don't like change. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. it's a little tough because I haven't, I haven't seen this article um, that he references here um, where he's talking about speedy Europeans. I mean, um, I know that there has been some players uh, and I I guess I'm going to kind of go off topic a little bit, but I know a lot like with some of these European players that have come over and have not had success and then gone back to Europe. um, It seems like when you read articles that I'm not saying this happens in every circumstance, but it seems like sometimes there's something to be said for the way that the organizations are kind of integrating them into their culture, where I know I've read articles where it's like, you know, like, let's say somebody spoke Russian or spoke Swedish or whatever. And it's like, they had nobody to talk to. Like, you know, they didn't have anybody Mm -hmm. on their team that spoke their language. They had no friends. Um, And, you know, there's been other teams like, you know, if if you go back and you watch the Russian five documentary or you read the book, um, you know, they, they talk about how much the Red Wings cared about making sure that the Russian players felt comfortable and they felt like they had community and they had people. And it seems like some of these players, and, and again, I'm not saying every single player, but I know there's been a handful of these European prospects where you've read that that seems to be a concern. And so 
I'm not saying that's the only answer, but I think that's at least part of the answer why some of these European prospects might not have panned out as well. Um, in particular, honestly, like Edmonton seems to have had a problem with developing prospects. I mean, look at how many you know prospects they picked that everybody's like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be great, and they weren't that great. You know, at what point do you do you have to look at something's wrong there? You know, like something's wrong with what they're doing. They're doing something wrong. They're not supporting these guys. They're not helping them. Um, so I think maybe it's more of like a, a team by team basis, right? I guess that would be like my final roundabout rambling answer is like maybe it's a team by team basis as opposed to like a league wide thing. Aaron, Sarah, what do you think? I think it's it's team by team too. You know, I don't know the AHL well enough. You know, I I know the Griffins and then I know um, the Hershey Bears who are the farm team for the Caps and. The Caps have always taken, pretty much taken players from the Bears. That's like a proper pipeline that's been pretty consistent. Um, even you know when the Caps were complete garbage, um, but the Bears were good, and that and they brought them up through the ranks, you know, to to bolster and make this really good team that they had. Um, you know, so that's for me kind of what I've always seen is like that that model of this is how it can be and how I kind of expect it to be. And then you have the Red Wings where it's sometimes the Griffins feel like a punishment or like a, a logjam or like some sort of weird like foster care system <laughs> where they're like trying out. <laughs> try, I'm sorry if that's insensitive, but like trying out different like different kids to see who fits in the family. And it's like it doesn't always seem as like positive of a, of an environment. And, you know, it's. We've always had that log jam, it feels like, for 10 years now. of, And you can think, you know, players who have gotten stuck in between Grand Rapids and Detroit. And you can probably name, I'm not going to, because I, I, I say you can name 10 off the top of your head, but I probably can't right now. Um, you know, but I, I think it really is, like, team by team, um, like Peter said. Because, But I just don't know enough about other teams to, uh, to have an opinion. So if anyone knows more about other more than two AHL teams, please, please chime in here. <laughs> I do not, but Kyle, do you, you know, you, you're pretty uh, good around the, the Griffins and whatnot and the, the kind yeah. of differences. Yeah, so, Oh, I mean, I live in, I live in Grand Rapids and I work in Grand Rapids and I do work, you know, at Van Andel Arena often um, with my job. So I think if this question really kind of, uh, directs or points to anything, it should be the ECHL. Um, I don't understand why there's an affiliation there. The ECHL is a garbage league. I'm sorry if you are a Toledo Wild Walleye season ticket holder, but like the league is just bad. Uh, and I know the AHL does have its its moments uh, quite often where it just seems to be kind of a a league ran by goons, um, but the AHL does a lot for not only NHL teams because it gives away keep their their prospects close by uh, or at least you know within the same country, um, uh, and also at the same time um, put hockey in communities that otherwise would not have it which is a part of growing the game. And we all know the NHL is huge about growing the game, but they're actually not good at growing the game. Um, 
So I think the AHL really does have a, a role in where it's at. I mean, maybe it's maybe it, uh, fans hold it a little bit too high, you know, in terms of like, oh, well, the players are getting sent down to AHL, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, but I think that the AHL, if you look at the NBA, the NBA's kind of like AHL level league is the G League. And nobody, and I mean nobody <laughs> cares about the G League. Like, I'm talking like we have the Pistons team here in Grand Rapids, the drive. And like, you never hear anybody really talking about the drive unless it's like local TV news or something like that. You know, um, <clears throat> it's always about the Griffins, Griffins, Griffins and kind of going on what, um, Sarah was talking about how the caps operate with the Hershey bears. Um, I think for the teams like the Caps, and even the Red Wings at times, because we've seen a lot of players go through the AHL system um, and come up to be good NHLers. I mean, Tom Statar, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Gustav Nyquist, uh, Anthony Nantha. I mean, you know, let's not act like this is a good developmental league. It is. Um, I think it's more about changing the culture of the game and not the culture of the league, if that makes any sense to anybody. It's kind of like seeing the forest for the trees, in a way. Um, because this is something that has to start from the bottom up. This is, we have to start with teaching kids that hockey is different, a different, it's more than fighting and physicality. It's more about, uh, you know, it's more about agility. It's more about skill. Um, but I think like that age old hockey, you know, mantra is tough physical play and, you know, fights and stuff like that. Um, and Yes, that drowns out a lot of everything in the AHL sometimes, but um, I think that the AHL is a good development league. And honestly, I can speak to this because watching a player like Moritz Sider, the way he started the AHL season, and then the way that before it was cut off, like the the player that he was becoming, um, the AHL has a huge role in player development. And... uh, I just I don't buy that players are better off just going back to Europe and coming back. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I think if the player is good, or you know, it, 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 the player will develop, um, and any good player can develop in any league. I don't care what you say, but you know, I think the AHL. I think there is a place for the AHL, and um, I think it's just all about changing the hockey culture as a as a whole. Sure, we can have fighting, whatever, but who gives a shit about that? It's so much more fun to watch a breakaway goal than a fight. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah. that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, we also saw that with yeah. Philip Zadina. He yes. made huge, yeah. huge yeah. strides, and he needed Boom. that. Yeah. yeah, he needed that time in, in Grand Rapids, you know, because he yeah. first got there and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. you're but, you know, he was like, I need to work hard. He did, and wow, it and actually worked. It you know, it's like it you're saying like, any player can yep, succeed and they don't learn just how to they learn to play with their future line mates yeah. also um you know so they're they're learning how to be better themselves but they're also learning how to play with the players that ideally they will grow up with yeah um and but then there's a couple of goons there to you know <laughs> them <laughs> punch someone I, not yeah. punch that don't punch yeah. Philip Zadina, but punch anyone honestly, going after him. the griffins like have kind of started evolving a little bit differently and they've kind of hung themselves up on Yes, maybe the player, the the veteran players aren't that good, but they're also very good. And I hate this term, but good in the locker room. You know, like the Brian Lashoff, you know, the guy who he scored his first goal in the NHL on his first game, I believe. 
I, I think that is true. Um, and I remember it because I remember Ken Cal calling the goal. Um, but he's not a good player. <laughs> you know, he's, I mean, he's fine in the NHL, or AHL, not the NHL. But um, I think the Griffins do a pretty good job at bringing, keeping these players who have been in the NHL with the Red Wings or whoever, but also, you know, that now they're here in Grand Rapids and they're kind of like the, the mentors and stuff like that. He's select young players. Um, I think Grand Rapids has done a really good job at forming that kind of a formula for, for, for players and younger players and being mentored by players who are maybe not all-stars. They're not goons, but they've been there. They've been in the NHL. They know what, what it takes. <laughs> they've had their struggles there. Um, and maybe they've had their triumphs there. So I think in Grand Rapids and in select markets, um, I can't speak for many, but uh, really any. But uh, you know, I, I think it, there's there's room, and I think the AHL plays a, a good role, um, not only in development, developing players, but growing the game. So if anything, get the hell rid of the ECHL. Yeah, I think you guys, the the three of you have have touched on the really important pieces, especially with with the culture and and the pipeline. Um, I really liked uh, Pete's point in regards to it. Kind of teaches the the, the good in the room thing, and, and that's something that I do think the AHL is better suited for than the NHL uh, because these AHL teams are literally the players are literally closer to each other than they are at the NHL level where it can get a little bit uh, less personal. So uh, I think the concept of following uh, European draft stocks is uh, attributable to to culture shock. Um, The AHL is, they call themselves, they are specifically a developmental league. They're designed for NHL development. Um, That is kind of how their relationship with the NHL exists. We've had previous iterations of, minor league hockey uh where it was kind of like well yeah you can park your prospects here but don't think that uh, that we're not independent and every time uh, a league has has gotten big britched like that uh, they've withered up and died so the ahl realizes that their lifeblood in these communities is being a developmental league and so they've got rules that say you're only allowed to have so many um veterans you have to have players who don't have uh, terrible uh, levels of experience in your roster every single night and that's part of it uh but it's also the the reason why the ahl is still because it's not incorrect for brad to say the ahl is is a goon league i mean what wins games in the ahl are things that i don't particularly like it's not necessarily the speed or skill game it is guys like Eric Tangrady and Brian Lashoff in the way they play. And these these guys, they're good at hockey. They're not NHL good. They're NHL mm-hmm. serviceable. But what they provide is that level of, of play that is just at the cusp. And that was that's what the AHL is full of. Um, and the AHL is full of that because everybody who is better than Brian Lashoff or better than Eric Tangrady gets called up to the NHL. So... They fill out and win games because that's still an effective way to win hockey games is being the the gritty, tough guys, taking away time and space, maybe uh, taking so many liberties that the re- you know the rest won't call everything. And that's going to exist in the AHL for as long as it exists in the NHL 
right is still. I mean, yeah. that's the, the Bruins are the top of the league, and that's what the, that's what they're known for. I mean, they've got skill. They yeah. they do. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is an amazing hockey player, and he plays the right way, and he doesn't cheat and play like a dirtbag. But every team has dirtbag players, and the really good dirtbag players are in the NHL doing dirtbag things, and the mediocre dirtbag players are in the <laughs> NHL being really good and and being successful. So. The a I I see the a day where the AHL stops being, and a, a league where goons can be effective is the the year after the NHL stops being that league. They are yeah. still very much a, a miniature version of the NHL, and I I do th- I, what Kyle said. I think that they do a really good job of developing players. I think we are going to see a higher washout rate among skilled Europeans because there is a much larger culture shock there. Um, I don't have an easy fix for that, but the team that creates an easy fix is going to have one of those magic bullets that's going to take the rest of the league for about five or seven years to catch up with before everybody figures out how to do that. Yeah, for sure. And just one closing thought with this is that um, I can speak because I live here, but when the Griffins brought Eric Tangrady back this season before it ended and he scored his first goal like in his first game I have never seen so much excitement from a small fan base of sports fans like Griffins fans because we are very passionate here in Grand Rapids for our Griffins but like when they brought him back everybody was excited and I saw it on Twitter from my Grand Rapids Griffins friends and when he scored that first goal it's just like a pandemonium people love that shit so like yes there's a place here and um, these players who you might complain about being in the NHL or getting called up um, they they have fans somewhere. Um, so it's 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 weird because it's like <laughs> you look at the NHL. It's like okay, they're not good, but you know, for these small communities or smaller cities, these are you know bigger players and they play a role, and not only to the fans but to the younger players too. So there's a role those, for the NHL. Would you say those smaller communities are like duck sized? <laughs> God. JJ, just <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> we had we to go there. We were, we were on there at King Grady. We, we had to. And I have okay, a King Grady jersey because of all of that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the reins back to you. So thank you to the, the three of you, uh, uh, Big Tex, Adeline, and, and Brad, uh, for your wonderful questions. Um, <laughs> Kyle, the calm is yours. Yes, of course. Um, so before we sign off tonight, we got to talk about the, the the Red Wing Awards, which, Sarah, that's your gig because you put so many hours into this. I do. You're like, I can't ask about this. So this is, it's, coming, it's coming to the time to where it's time for that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So this is year number seven, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to believe. Um, we have 19 awards this year, which is... The most I've done, it's tied with year one as the most. And I said I would never wow. do that many because then I have to edit them. Um, but it's a, it's a special year. And for everyone who has not voted, which I know is a lot of you, if you think you really have needed to watch Red Wings games to vote, you are incorrect. <laughs> because anything that really required watching, I've either explained or provided a video. But why don't, you know, you should vote for things like the Henrik Zetterberg Award for Team Dad. <laughs> Or the 
winging it in Motown Award for the most devastating game of the season. <laughs> That's mm. our our hope is not a strategy award. So many. But uh, there's also, you know, most forgettable player, which is a really tight race uh, because they're all equally forgettable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, you know, there's, again, everyone should just go vote because it's the one thing I actually do try <laughs> to, like, work hard at, sort of, on Twitter. And it's really fun. And then you should follow me, Helmeroids, on next Saturday, the 18th. Ooh. Seven o'clock Eastern time. I'm like shit. I actually have to like start. Make, <laughs> I have to like start making these awards, but I can't. Well, you have to vote though, so I know who wins. Uh, but yeah, so next Saturday, eighteenth, seven o'clock. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll tell you who won all of these very, very prestigious awards, which are way better than any awards the NHL has ever or will ever come up with. So better, better than the Grammys. That? Yeah, it's it's the most prestigious award any hockey player can win. Mm. All of the them. Dundies, the Dundies ain't got shit on this, folks. <laughs> Nothing, and they're so not anyway. all negative. There's there's negative and positive. So yeah, of course, yeah, Both. negativity and positivity, pure <laughs> and balanced or whatever. Um, anyways, so final hockey related thoughts. I know JJ probably has something, uh, because JJ's always got something. So JJ, I, got anything? I do, yeah. I forgot to mention this in the very first when we were talking about, like, you know, our hopes for the season or, or whatever. And I really do want there to be a playoffs solely because the hope of the narrative is there that Tampa will be able to eliminate Boston in the Stanley Cup playoffs right before Tom Brady takes his first snap as a Buccaneer. <laughs> God, that is like something we should have led with. Damn. God, I, I want that to happen so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm putting snowballs under my mattress. I'm eating Tide Pods. I'm just doing all of the, I'm doing all of the normal teenage things apparently that uh, is going to make this happen. Whatever it takes. Do you think? Have you t- have you talked about this on Twitter yet? I have not. Okay, when you do, and I'm going to let you, you are going to be the one to do this. If anybody else does it, then we know who you are, and yeah. we will find you. Yeah. If you do not get, if that tweet does not go viral, the internet is a hoax. <laughs> I, I will reactivate my account just to retweet it. <laughs> we will be retweeting you. You will become famous, and then you will have you will be forced to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. So. <laughs> Congrats, dude. I have a really quick yes. hockey-related thought, which is that um, even though even though you know for a little while I haven't been on Twitter, people have been sending me like the best tweets, which is actually the best way to be on Twitter. Yeah. I, I found, and Dylan Larkin has a new yes. dog, and I, I I've seen videos, and and I'm not an expert on dogs, but he either is an Australian Shepherd or looks very similar to one. And as the owner, or the new owner of a mini Aussie Shepherd, it makes me very happy because I have something in common with Dylan Larkin, <laughs> which is probably the only thing I will ever have in common with Dylan Larkin. And I like him a lot. I think he's great. So that made me happy. Awesome. I love it. Anybody, Sarah, you got anything? Um, my hockey related thought is I would really like Henrik Zetterberg to record. 30-second video telling us it's all going to be okay because we've seen them from a lot of other players. And I just want to know that he's all right and that he believes in us that everything is going to be fine. So Red Wings account, please make that happen. We really need the ultimate reassurance. And, you know, 
he is my number one, but I'll take Nick Lidstrom. I'll take Nicholas Cronwall. <laughs> I'll take Brian Lashoff. I don't care. Just give me <laughs> as many players as possible telling me it's going to be fine. Well, I mean, all of those players or former players probably live inside of a mountain in a foreign country. Aside from Brian Lashoff, maybe, <laughs> maybe a tree for him. <laughs> so anyways guys this has been great i hope everybody stays healthy and as for everybody who's listening thank you for staying with us this long and um be healthy be safe stay home uh if you can wash your hands check in on your loved ones and let's get this through this together because it's not about sports it's about moving forward healthy and uh just getting past this shit so let's do it and uh We'll do it with or without hockey. Let's say, let's just leave it at that. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great one. Bye. Hell yeah. Bye. Bye. Awesome. No, that was great.